Welcome to Ability Stories Podcast, where we discuss the successes, challenges, and stories of people with disabilities. I'm your host, Tara Briggs. To contact me, please send an email to abilitystories at gmail.com. That was the deciding factor. So I, I called her up and and um, she um, said, we'll get you into uh, the blind center and when do you want to start? And and I had already um, planned on, on going to England with my parents in, in June. And this was probably, I don't know, April or something like that. And so I said, well, when I get back from England and that, and of course summer was more full or whatever, so I ended up going, going to OCB in, uh, in uh, end of August of um, 2001. So was that, was that healing? Oh yeah. To yeah. get, I mean. Well, my first first day at the training center, I get there and I'm just like, what am I going to do? You know, I'm mm-hmm. 400 miles from home or whatever, and going to be here for nine months or whatever it was going to be, and and that. And when I got to the center, um, I got there after they had closed, and we had dorm- dormitories and that, so. There's a guy sitting out on the bench, and, and he goes, "Hi," and I, I said, "I'm a new student here," and he goes, "Oh, well, the office is closed, but you can go over there into the, into the dormitory. There's the dorm manager; she'll check you in." And, uh, and uh, I said, "Okay." So, so I got I, my parents drove me up, so I was with my parents. So we got guided in, and she, she said, "Oh, here's your." here's your room and and um, whatever. And I didn't have a room, you had roommates, but there was no one else in my room at the time. So I went in and and uh, my um, um, parents, I brought in my luggage and that. My parents said, well, we're going to drive back home. They were, they had a motor home, so they were staying in the motor home mm-hmm. and, and uh, in the parking lot actually. and. And you know they said, "Do you want to stay in the motorhome tonight?" And I said, "No, I want to stay here." Hmm. Um, so um, anyway, so the next morning, there's a knock at the door, and it's one of the travel trainers, and she's all, "Hi, welcome!" In that here, I have something for you. She handed me a straight cane, and uh, she says, "Oh, we're you're going to come down for breakfast." And because uh, they had a cafeteria, and that, and I said, "Oh, okay." So I followed her, and she had me kind of showing me basics of that. She said, "We'll give you a tour and and uh, of the center," because I'd never been there before. And uh, she she uh, guided me around and that, and then my folks came out and got a tour of the center as well, and and then they left and. And man, I thought my head was going to explode. How how would I know all this stuff and that? So it's it's Friday night. I'm uh, you know kind of went did my met the teachers and stuff that day. And it's Friday night, and the other students are there, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to go to Gina's. Do you want to go with us?" And I'm like, "Where's Gina's?" 
We go, oh, it's the, the pizza place down the street. And um, I thought, well, how can I get there? And they go, oh, we'll watch after you. Come with us. So I did, and I'm like, wow, these guys are, are you know, amazing, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, they're going and doing this, and they're happy, and they're, you know, whatever. And so it was a really great inspiration just to have the, I don't know what you would like the senior class or the upperclassmen or whatever. I was the brand new freshman and, and they took me under my wings and Yeah, I, I think that's one thing that um I think that's one thing that's really interesting about about blindness is that it's um I don't know, we're kind of in a it's a strange disability in a way because there's things that you think that there's just no way that you can do them, you know, like use a table saw. Mm-hmm. And then some blind guy is using a table saw, and then they show you how to use a table saw, and you're like, I can't believe I thought that I couldn't do this. It's just a matter of where you do and don't put your fingers. Right, exactly. <laughs> if you put your fingers in the path of the table saw, the, the blade will cut them off. And if you don't put your fingers in the path of the blade of a table saw, it won't. I mean, it's, it's that basics, simple. <laughs> it's not that hard. Of course, you think it's hard, but then then you learn that it's pretty easy, actually. Yeah, exactly. But the world is, you know, the world in which we live is so visual. And vision really is, you know, your primary sense that... Well, being uh, adjusting to it is, and that's the de- deal. Being especially into photography and everything, working in the movies and, and and photography and graphic design, everything being so visual, it was like, wow, this is a whole new world. But I just kind of looked at it like, okay, that was Act One of my life. Now I'm in Act Two. Were there any moments? Like looking back on your training that really stood out to you as kind of pivotal in helping you to adjust? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, my initial training, just just learning um, cane, the cane travel and mm-hmm. and that. And I wearing the sleep shades, even though I didn't need them, you know, it, it, I still wore them. That was required. And and that and i thought well instead of trying to fight it i'll just you know go with it and so when i touched them i thought oh this is like the lone ranger mask you know <laughs> and and you know he wore a white hat and he was the good guy and and that so so um on my my cell phone i put the lone ranger theme on there and and uh and i used to call the um the the travel trainer whichever teacher I had or whatever I always called her Tonto or him <laughs> and that so just to kind of I don't know give me that positive attitude you would have been such a fun student to teach and when I I guess one of the things that was really interesting is the the school was in Albany California next to Berkeley mm-hmm. well we owned theater we I didn't but the, the company I worked for had theaters up there and I had flown up there on business and that, and one of them was called the Albany Theater. And I had sent stuff to him a million times. I'd been in the theater. I'd done promotions there. I'm walking down the sidewalk on Solano Avenue and that, and the travel trainer says, tap right here. So I'm tapping. He says, can you tell what this is? And I, I'm feeling around and I'm like, well, it's not concrete. I said, it almost feels like terrazzo. 
And he said, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I'm tapping and I go and I hear an echo and that. And he says, yeah, you're at the Albany Theater. And it struck me. I've been here. I've worked here. I never thought in a million years that I would be learning cane skills in front of this theater with a, at a training center with a you know blindfold on and whatnot. Was that a good moment for you or a bad moment for you? It was a good moment. How come? I mean, just because there's two ways to spin that, right? Right, you exactly. Know? So why was that? Why, why instead of, man, look how low I've sunk, how come that wasn't your thought process? Be- because it was like, I did this sighted, now I'm doing it blind. Um, I can, you know, I can do it. Because uh, my definition of rehab is to put one back where they were before. Mm-hmm. Um and that so if somebody could do something before then they should be able to do it blind um so it it was really good i went around the box office and and the poster cases and that and i in fact i was asking the 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 teacher i said are there two cases over here and is there one over here and is there this there and he's like how do you know all that stuff and i said I've got layout. I had to draw up layouts of this to do promotions with and stuff. You know, it, it was just really interesting um, to do that. And from, you know, then on, I thought there's nothing, you know, nothing I can't do. And, uh, and, and again, growing, you know, learning all the classes at the center and learning the cooking and the cleaning and the, the travel and and braille and and wood shop. Um, they had a wood shop class there, which I I fell in love with. Uh, um, oh, you sound your stuff when you're finished feels like glass. It's I don't have the patience. I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the teacher there, he was sighted, mm-hmm. and he he didn't. Um, he went and he saw my capabilities I guess you would say or whatever Um, because my my dad was a a prop maker um, at Universal Studios so so I grew up around woodworking equipment and that but never really used it myself so um, learning to do this stuff we did stuff more than he normally taught and he's the one that taught me my sanding techniques that, that that I teach everybody now, and and that. And he would talk about this this woodworker named Sam Maloof, mm-hmm. and and that. And I thought, well, just another name. Well, a few years later, I actually got to meet Sam Maloof and got a personal tour of his shop and and all that. So it was it was sort of like like uh predicting the future <laughs> you know at that time so one one thing that happens um is i think and free to comment but you mm-hmm. know you get done with the training center and you have a lot of confidence and you have these new skills that you found and then what and i think sometimes people get yeah and that was that was it for me it was and then what um i i got got out of there and I had met I had met Crystal my my well, ex-wife now but uh, at the center and and it was like okay I'm 
focusing on on that so I stayed up in the Bay Area because that's where she lived and and learned my way around and that's one reason I chose to go to the center there because I thought if I if I can learn my way around in an unfamiliar area then I can go anywhere mm -hmm. um, so it it was uh, um, a lot of, of uh, you know yeah, what do I do? I really didn't know. So I was working with rehab, and I was focusing on adaptive technology because I learning at the center, learning JAWS and and Braille and seeing a Braille note for the first time and all this different adaptive equipment, I thought. And I would help um, other um, students after hours in the dorm and whatnot with their equipment, and I caught on to it pretty good, so... That was my focus, actually, was to, to be a, an adaptive technology trainer or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but then, then things, things changed and moved here to Utah. And uh, um, housing uh, prices were more affordable here. And my sister lived here and, and that. And we thought, oh, this is time for a good change. But I didn't know my way around Utah, and I didn't, for the life of me, understand all these coordinates. <laughs> right. I, that's what I've heard. If you live in Utah, you grew up wondering what people's problem is that they can't understand it. And if you move to here, you wonder how in the world people <laughs> function. Well, and, it's, and that's it. And it's like, wait. Is it 10,200 south or is it 102 south? <laughs> right. It's the same. Well, how can that be the same thing? And and so, so uh, and before I moved here, I checked and we actually went to the uh, blind center and saw that they had a, a blind center and they had wood shop, got a tour and thought, well, that's pretty neat. So it's like, well, we need to get some, some uh, travel, some O&M more for the orientation i had the mobility skills but but uh learn the address system and where things are and and that type of thing and and so when i went to say i just want to take travel i want to learn how to get from my house to the grocery store and and uh you know to the buses and to the walmart and whatever you know and they said, well, you have to take the whole training program. You can't just take one class. And it's like, but I know how to do all this other. I know Braille. I know I know how to cook and clean. I, I've done wood shop and, mm. and that. Um, he said, well, that's, that's the way it is. And I thought, well, okay. If that's what I have to do, that's what I have to do. So I... I um, took uh signed up took the classes and that's where i fell in love with woodshop that's where where the the teacher who was blind was very inspirational and and he didn't um you know kind of say well we're going to do this or we're going to do that it's just like here's a rough board we're going to turn this into something and he didn't have any qualms about using a compound miter saw or joiner or planer or a table saw or what have you um if you learn how to use it safe and properly so so yeah and then he and then he'd leave you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember 
um, you know, when I taught there, I had to take all the classes, and then uh-huh. I, I came back in because um, I my flute teacher had a really big audition, and I, I wanted to make her a flute stand. Uh huh. And um, and I it'd been a while since I'd used the um, radial arm saw, the one that you pull towards you. Right. And I said, Hey, will you will you show me how to use that radial arm saw again? And he said, No. <laughs> and he walked away. Really? Yeah, he sits in his office and he's checking his email and Jaws is jabbering. And I'm standing there in front of this saw going, he is not going to help me. He could care less <laughs> how scared I am or anything. If, if I want my beloved flute teacher to have this flute stand, it's up to me. And I stood there for like, I swear, almost five minutes, just totally freaked out because I hadn't been in there in forever. And yeah. I finally went... I am the one who is running the radial arm saw. If I chop my hand off, it is my fault. And so I cut the wood, and uh-huh. then and then he yells, "I told you, you knew how to do it." And I I told him to shut up. <laughs> so <laughs> he he had a really good knack for knowing when to help you and when to just yeah make yeah. you face those fears and and. Get, you know when you need to just get over yourself <laughs> right and was he the teacher that had taught you originally uh no not when i was a student there was oh, a different okay. person there but when i went when i was a staff member uh-huh. i had to take all of, i had to do all of the cross training cross training yeah. and and i oh my god i hated that class so bad i <laughs> i was terrified um and but i if i had said anything uh-huh. I, I was going to be out of a job i mean yeah, that just you had to take the classes and you had to get over whatever fears. Otherwise, how could you say something to students? Was the attitude. So um, after after I started, I don't know. And I mean, speak to this, but for me, a huge thing was realizing that I was the one in control, mm-hmm. and that I I I was the one who was responsible, and. I knew, you know, I'd been shown proper safety techniques. I'd been shown where my fingers could go and where they couldn't go. And as long as I followed those boundary lines or those guidelines, right. know, my own safety was was in was my was my responsibility and it was something I was able to do. So I, I got over it and I by the end of my training you just you just couldn't get me out of there I, if some student was late on a travel class i'd run down to the wood shop and do something <laughs> but obviously that was your that was your love too i mean you you took it way farther than i ever did you, well so when, you started your own business yeah when i when i left the shop in fact they had to had to kick me out of there because <laughs> because i i said i want to continue on um with uh you know, I, I still want to do some more. I still want to learn some more. And they said, no, you've learned all you can learn here. And then it was, the director said, well, you've used all the wood that you can use. You've used up your allotment of wood. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, can I use some scraps? <laughs> and he said, yeah, go ahead, use the scraps. Uh, so I went and I, thing. I glued up uh, um, the scraps and I turned a couple of uh, vases and bowls with, with these scraps, you know, all glued together and alternating in different woods, uh, uh, walnut and oak or whatever. And and that, and I went and I showed them to him. And he says, you can't use any more scrap, <laughs> basically. <laughs> You got to move on. No, you you took a you took a lathe class in the community. Yeah. So what I what I did is so I left I left the center, 
And so I went to actually Salt Lake Community College um, mm-hmm. to look into taking wood shop there. And I asked if I could get a tour of the shop. And I talked to the teacher and on the phone and said, could I set up an appointment? And he says, okay, well, he, he wasn't very enthusiastic about this, you could tell. Mm-hmm. And so every time he says, well, I'm not by my calendar, you know, call me back and we'll figure out a time. Well, I'd call him back and he'd never return my calls and that. And I knew that this was like beating a dead horse. You know, I could I could insist on going and stuff, but I wasn't going to get the, the um, I don't know what you want to call it, but the encouragement or anything that, that maybe I would need or and it was beginning to make me think well maybe maybe I won't be able to do it Mm -hmm. so I thought well instead of I'm going to look elsewhere so I called up a company um, down in Provo that and I fell in love with the lathes so that was my favorite thing that's what I wanted to really learn was wood turning so I called up the company um, that had classes private classes in their shop in their store and asked them if if I could take it. And the, the lady said, well, let us get back to you. And I thought, oh, here we go again. Well, about a week later, she called up. She says, I've checked with, with different instructors and that. And she said, you know, the way they normally teach is they'll have 10 or 12 people in a class and the instructor shows something and there's a screen everybody watches what he's doing and then you go and do it afterwards. Um, She says, well, if it's okay with you, would you be able to come in an off week when there's no classes and have the instructor work one-on-one with you so you can do it hands-on? And I said, that would be great, even better than I expected. Yeah, I I mean, there really is a very interesting thing about learning without sight is is since you know your your alternative choices are your hands and your ears and when you're learning with your hands you have to get in there one-on-one with with people and and so yeah exactly and and so I went and I took this week-long course and and the teacher said okay we're going to do this and this and this and he says this is exactly what we do with the sighted people that you're going to do the same projects and and that and so he would he would go and up to the lathe and instead of me watching a video he would show I'd touch his hands and see where they were and and that and he'd turn whatever and then I'd go over to my lathe and do the same thing and he'd be watching me and and that and that's the way I learned and I just fell for it head over heels so I I thought this is what I want to do um, and I was talking to him about doing it for for a living and and that and he said I he says he said and it was so nice of him he said your work is just as good as mine and in all honesty if we had a booth next to each other and and uh, we had the same items with the same prices the same quality he says I would be inclined to buy yours because you did it without any vision. Um, you you did it without seeing what you're doing. 
and that and he says you've got a story to sell yeah yeah and that's that's what i would be buying is is your story of 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 that and so that was really inspirational to me so i went and said this is what i want to do i want to start my own business um but would it be be uh possible to to do it and make money and and that so i decided um and i really like making the pens so i went on and started um making pens um and uh uh went and did a craft show a christmas craft show and did the uh, gun show here and and was encouraged and sold stuff and then started a, a business plan and and um, worked with rehab and and that and started my own um, my own business which which I call uh, right turn only did you have a website that's yeah because because you I mean you 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 are teaching at the center now the, yeah the well, I, open, I still have still have my business I don't put as much effort into it now because full-time job of teaching uh, we'll post we'll post a link in the in the comments oh okay thanks um yeah. but uh um yeah so i i decided to focus kind of like on the story of it so it was really interesting learning how to do a, a craft show or a gun show or something you're sitting behind the table and you can't tell when people are coming up or if they're looking at your stuff and so someone might come up and i'd say hello and they'd say um um, hi and that would be it mm -hmm. and you don't know if they were still standing there or, whatever <laughs> right. or, or not and 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 so then it would be like hello let me know if you have any questions and they'd say oh, okay and they say oh your stuff looks really nice and they'd say oh thank you and then they'd walk on mm -hmm. so then it was like hello how are you today oh fine let me know if you have any questions Oh, okay. Your stuff's really nice. Oh, thanks. I really enjoy making them. You make these? And I said, oh, yeah, I learned how to do it at the blind center. You're blind and you make these? <laughs> and developing that, that conversation and that, oh, I got to go get my husband and, and that. He won't believe this. And and they'll come back or whatever. And so and there's a lot of downtime in that. So I started bringing my brailler. Mm -hmm. and uh that and i put out um the alphabet braille cards um for uh people to take kind of as a souvenir because you get the families come by and the little kids and, sure. and stuff yeah. so i'd ask the little kids oh what's your name and you know johnny and and uh it's like oh so i type on an index card i type the name and maybe like have a nice day or something like that in braille and grade one mm -hmm. and i'd give them the card and i'd give them the alphabet card i go this is a secret braille code see if you can figure out what it says you know and teach them about it and, and stuff so i thought you know maybe i'm here more to teach people about blindness than i am selling my products as well and actually that worked out into better sales because because uh um you know you were taking an interest in in uh, in the child or or whatever they were learning something about braille and then then you get people coming can i ask you a question how do you brush your teeth 
and and the clothes. Do you do you ever maybe you find it easier to answer those because you had to learn that in life? But sometimes I get those questions, and I I'm so totally stunned because I don't know what to say. Well, that's the thing, <laughs> and I kind of go, do I get into my smart aleck mode? <laughs> right. Do I do the? Are you serious? You know, is my initial thing. So I <laughs> I usually kind of use humor to soften the soften it a bit, right, and then. Right answer it so it was like well how do you brush your teeth and I'm like uh, with the toothbrush and I said now you're probably really asking me how do you put toothpaste on the toothbrush <laughs> right and and uh, they're going yeah that's what I mean <laughs> because they don't really think of what they say <laughs> right, when, they, right. when they say it and, and one, one pipe you know sometimes I think like I don't brush my teeth. But <laughs> then I thought, no, I better not. <laughs> then you'll have that. people fleeing your booth really quick. Well, flee in the booth or <laughs> or you'll get the stereotype that blind people don't brush their teeth. Yes, yeah, all over social media. I but, talked to a blind guy today and they don't <laughs> brush their teeth. Well, I, I, rem- I remember one time um, I was visit. my wife was in the hospital and she, she was a guide dog user, as was I. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Oh, and that's something I forgot all about, but but went to oh, we'll, dog school and stuff. We'll get to that a little bit. But but any anyway, I remember she was in the hospital, so I brought her guide with me. So I had my guide and hers. So I had two dogs with me, and someone said, "How come you have two dogs?" And my instant, you know, smart aleck answer was, "I'm blind in both eyes." <laughs> and they said, "Oh," and they walked out, and I thought. Oh no, they're going to think anybody with one <laughs> dog's only blind in one eye. <laughs> so oh, I thought you have to kind of have some responsibility too <laughs> with the way you answer things. Right, right. So um, you you're, you're teaching right now. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What's your favorite part about teaching? Being able to pay it forward. Mm. When when I got um, well. The way I got the job was, was pretty lucky, actually. Uh, um, I started my business and, and that, and the the, uh, the training coordinator called me up and said, the old shop teacher's moving out of state. Could could you uh, fill in for me uh, or you know help me out and fill in until we hire a new shop teacher? I said, yeah, I could do that. I, I thought, no problem. And I went in not expecting to apply for the job or, or even get the job but mm-hmm. just to fill in for for a little bit of time and I fell in love with teaching I thought this is the way that I can share my knowledge not just about woodworking but about blindness in general mm-hmm. with with students and and it maybe I can instill the the hope or the encouragement or the confidence and stuff that that I got. Yeah, isn't there? I I'm, I remember because I was, you started just shortly before I left. Right. And I have uh, to say, I was really hoping that they would hire you. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Please hire me. Um, but I that was one of my favorite things about that job too was the um, ability to to pay it forward and to watch people realize that having a disability is not the end of the world well that that's that's just it and 
and I tell people when they come on a tour that that yeah I was a student here and and after leaving I started my business and then I came back and and that so I think that's very encouraging because because I know the blind center is going to go on for a long long time and and long past my time and and that so who knows maybe maybe somebody I'm teaching right now could be the future woodshop instructor or yeah. or braille or anything else you know yeah um so I wanted to ask you a couple of of wrap-up questions okay if, if you're good I've, I've, I've sure. uh, so I was reading this beautiful book by Harriet McBride Johnson and um she talks about um one of the things that the disability is is seen is um just endless suffering <laughs> uh, you know i mean once you lose your sight or once you become paralyzed or you know once you lose your hearing it's just a life of suffering that you just have to um force your way through um i'm totally paraphrasing but mm -hmm. she said one of the things that we as people with disabilities need to do is we need to claim pleasure back. And, and there are two types that she talks about. She says one of them is just general enjoyment. It's, you know, watching the sunset or eating chocolate or, um, you, know, uh, you know, watching a fun program on television or just all kinds of things. And she said the other thing that we need to claim is the pleasure that is unique to us because we are disabled. And I was going to ask you, what, what, joy have you found from being blind because your dog certainly has been part of that right oh yeah yeah taft was was a wonderful uh, um, companion and and partner and all of that but i i find that that the joy i mean it's easier to think of the things i miss like you said sunsets I miss seeing the moon. I know that might sound weird, but it's just one of those little things or I hear on TV there's going to be a, an eclipse or there's going to be a meteor shower or there's going to be... It doesn't sound weird because, you know, if I could see anything other than my daughter's face, mm -hmm. the sky at night, I just... That seems so magical to me when I read about it in books, and it just—it's so over my head. I can't comprehend it. Oh, that's. And I'd—I'd I'd really love to. Yeah, and that's—I remember, I remember um, one time our uh, my daughter-in-law was coming from, from they were coming from California, and they were over the salt flats, and she called up. She says, "You wouldn't believe this," she said. The sky is. Uh, let me get it straight. The sky is pink, the salt, the the ground is purple, and the moon is is kind of a glowing, pinkish, purplish, cream color. She says it looks like a painting that you'd never believe, and she says it's real. And mm. and I just thought, oh, I would love to see that, you know, um, because the the colors of of nature are are in, incredible and I feel really really blessed that I had that opportunity mm -hmm. to to be able to see that and to maybe in my ignorance do stuff that I I didn't have anybody say you know what you're going blind you can't do that 
it was just just like oh okay well you know whatever that's going to happen one day I didn't really make a bucket list like I should do this before I go blind but I just carried on with stuff and and appreciate the the stuff that I could see you know while I while I did it um what do you like I mean for me for example I found I found joy in in having seeing eye dogs Mm-hmm. It's been, it's been so magical to have that kind of relationship, and they're definitely not for everybody. Um, I mean, I had students that credited me with why they ended up getting one, and then I had students that credited me with why they didn't <laughs> because right. I just told it like it was, you know. <laughs> um, and I tell I tell students that too, you know. It's it's at the end of the day, you can hang up your cane, but you can't with the dog, right? <laughs> But then, and, and at I, two in the morning, when you were walking somewhere, and they ate that little crumb that you told them not to, and the crumb <laughs> turned out to make them extremely ill with the runs, and it's a blizzard. Yeah, I've had those days. <laughs> exactly, and, and but at the same time, I've had people say, "Oh, how can you be so cruel to that dog to put him in that harness?" And, Have you really? And oh that, wow! <laughs> yeah, and wow. I'm like, you know what? The ha- harness is hanging by the door on the on the rack. It's like you walk up and you put your hand. That dog is there. He's jumping all around, and and you have to sort of stop him or or settle him down because he's trying to leap into that harness. He's so excited to go. Yeah. How many people get to take their their dogs on airplanes, on boats, to the movies, to to wherever you go, be with you twenty four seven? Normally, you, you the don't dogs get sick are, of them. Yeah. Like, I get tired of people for 24-7, but I can handle the dog. <laughs> well, it, it, exactly, because they're, they're, they're there. I mean, and I kind of look at it as you're giving them a, a life that they never expected to, to get to go to do things, and they're giving it back to you. Yeah, how mutually beneficial yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. What about... Um, what about some of the people that you've met for me that's been that's been another thing i um i don't know i don't know that i would have married tyler because i don't know that i would have had just the understanding and uh-huh. and compassion um to make both our disabilities work but but there's just been other you know blind people or people in the just you know that you've gotten to meet well that's 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 the thing. Well, like, like I was saying, my my wife, ex-wife now, but she was blind and that, and and the two of us together, it was, you know, that and and our divorce wasn't anything to do with our disability or with our blindness or whatever. It's just normal, mm-hmm. normal stuff, I guess. People get divorced for, but um, so I've I've had opportunities, I think, because of of the blindness um like i was saying earlier meeting sam maloof i went to a lecture that he had and i had my guide dog with me and uh um he was he was there he did the lecture and that and i happened to sit at the table of of some of his support staff and and that and i asked him i said would it be possible to touch some of his furniture and for for if you don't know, um, Sam Maloof is—he he passed away recently. But at the time, 
he was probably one of the top three woodworkers in America. Mm. And his he was well known and still is well known for his rocking chairs. And his rocking chairs would sell for starting price at twenty thousand dollars a piece. And he had like a two or three year minimum waiting period for him. Because, I mean, that's how good he was. And so I said, could I touch one of his chairs? And they said, well, it's not really appropriate right now. Because he had some samples and they were cordoned off and, and that. And they said, but let's go ask him. And he said, he said, um... Well, you know what? If I have you touch it, everybody's going to want to touch it and sit in it and stuff. Why don't you come out to my workshop? And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you um, um, touch it. So he actually has a, a museum of the stuff he's made and that. And the stuff is just absolutely incredible. But when I went there, he, he said, come in before opening hours and that. And you can touch, sit, play with anything you want in here. And and it's his house is what it what it was his old house, and so I oh, he made a he made a you would love this a, cor- a quartet music stand mm-hmm. out of a single piece of wood, where all four um, uh, I don't know what you call it but the stands where that you put your sheet music or whatever all intertwined but all face a different direction so oh your my quartet gosh, that would be cool <laughs> yeah and uh, and just t- it was like. Oh, this is unbelievable. His house had wooden door uh, knobs and, and wooden hinges and and uh, wooden kitchen counters and cabinets. and I mean, everything was just just wood all made by him and that. And then he took me in his wood shop, which isn't open to the public, and showing me everything and hands-on and, and stuff. So being a woodworker is just, you know, like I was in... I don't know in heaven. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> you know, course. but but um, and I think I wouldn't have got that if I had c- could see. Uh, um, no, y- you know, it was it was that that type yeah. of thing that uh, that. But um, yeah, so. Well, my last question that you you listen so you know what it is. <laughs> what is blindness to you? Yeah, that's that's hard one. Even though I I knew ahead of time, but blindness to me, well, it's it's part of me. It's it's you know I have brown hair and blue eyes, and I'm blind. I mean, it's 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 just part of who I am and what makes me tick and that type of thing. But I I I was thinking. The advantage I have, or that I think you have when you're blind, is you have an ability to see people from the inside out. That that you see their soul first, and then their outwardly apparent second. Mm-hmm. So you don't make judgments on people um, as quickly. Not to say you still don't judge people, but... Um, I know. I've you have been, to get to know them. Pardon? You have to get to know them. Exactly, and even because there's no other way to judge them, I, you just well, can't. Yeah, you know, e- exactly. I mean, you don't know what color skin somebody has, or what size and, they are, or anything. And, <laughs> or just a voice. <laughs> well, exactly, and that's it. And and you learn to 
to judge them more on their their attitude and, and personality, I guess. But I, I know I've gotten um, customer service or whatever in the store. Wonderful customer service, most friendly person you could ever have, made the, the whole shopping um, um, experience just just wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, um, you know, I'll hear like, Oh, I can't believe that person had all these tattoos and, you know, piercings in their nose and their eyebrow and their tongue and that. And it's like, wow, if I could see what I like, I don't want to go shopping around with this. Well, I wouldn't have to, but, you know, I wouldn't go ask this person for help or something like that or whatever. And it's like, never even occurred to me what, because I don't think about what do people look like or whatever I yeah it, it doesn't it just doesn't matter no it it doesn't and i think that's that's a big advantage of of blindness i almost i i i, I think if if um if people had that attitude or if the whole world was blind and didn't judge people by their their appearance or the color of their skin or 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 what what kind of car they had or or whatever like that it'd just be a, a a much better place yeah yeah well thank you so much is there anything else you wanted to add um no thank you for for having me this yeah. is this has been fun it's been great thank you for joining us on ability stories please review this podcast in itunes To comment on this episode, please go to abilitystories.podbean.com. If you have any show ideas or would like to be a guest on Ability Stories, send an email to abilitystories at gmail.com. And thanks for listening.